0: sky blue there's nothing can hold me when i hold you so right you can't be wrong rocking and rolling
1: rockin all week with you a happy days podcast season three episode nine or episode 29 overall i'm your host dan how you all doing everybody i hope everyone is safe and, and well doing okay out there today we are we are deep deep into season three We are talking Fonzie the Salesman from January thirteenth, nineteen seventy-five or nineteen seventy-six. I'm sorry. I'm actually looking at the sleeve of the DVD cover right here, and it says January fifteenth or January thirteenth, nineteen seventy-five. So that's wrong. That this would be uh, the thirteenth, nineteen seventy-six, the day after the second anniversary show, which we talked about in the last episode, and then Football Frolics, January twentieth, nineteen seventy-six. Let us begin. Hop right in, Fonzie the Salesman, written by Dave. Duclon, Duclon, D U C L O N, uh directed by Jerry Paris. And in this one, a man um uh, uh a man named Van Elden, possibly first named Bronco, takes over uh Herb's auto parts. And um Fonz doesn't like him. Uh Mr. Van Elden is a very rich guy. Uh he was a beret. He hands out dollar bills to Richie and Ralph. He has a cane. He calls. He says, "Fonzie, I'm going to be your new master," and uh, some other weird things. And the Fonz quits. He can't. He can't handle it. And he tries to get a job in another garage in town, and it doesn't work. And he goes into a funk for a while. Then he's going to work with Mr. C in the hardware store, and then he decides to get a job, and he becomes a salesman. And we will talk more about that right after this. <laughs>
0: my little honey and love me all the time put you arms around me and swear my stars above you say, you'll be mine forever in a heaven of love mar-
1: that was a little bit of the mcguire sisters three sisters started singing together I think they may have been on one of Arthur Godfrey's shows, maybe Talent Scouts in like '52, and they were together until the mid to late '60s. Very much sort of an Andrew Sistersy type thing. Their two huge hits were "Is It Sugar," "Time," and then "Sincerely," which I know better from the Moonglows. I think "Sincerely," we'll ooh sincerely. But they do a version, the Maguire Sisters, and it's um about as white as you might imagine i have seen a couple of clips of them they're fine i don't know at times uh, the clip i saw it looks like they're doing more yelling than singing on occasion um but uh maybe that was something to do with the microphones at the time but the mcguire sisters get played here because van elden says like i bought a restaurant because i was hungry i like cars so i bought a i bought i'm buying this garage i want to hear some music i think i'll go buy the Maguire Sisters." And uh, when you know the the history of the McGuire sisters, including um, some mob-related stuff, hey, maybe someone bought the McGuire sisters in a few years. Maybe Van Alden is standing in for someone. I'm not going to say anymore. So, anyways, yeah, this is a this is a led episode. We see yeah the Fon well the Fonz quits his job at the garage because he Van Alden is very sick. This whole episode is very sitcomy Um Now that it's not not a not a bad episode, but it's it's just very. Sitcom, and it's one of those where I don't know. It felt like although I don't know that I would have watched it, it felt like a uh, it was originally maybe much longer because they're just a big series of, of they're big, just a <sighs> It is it's it is very sitcom-y, and it, just the way it goes from, oh, you know, the Fonz. it's uh, not going to work with this guy. He quits his job. He falls into a depression. He's the salesman for five minutes near the end of the episode. And then we see him selling ice cream from a truck, and then he suddenly gets his job back, and it's everything is exactly where it was. And in sort of a sitcom fashion, there was no real reason for any of it to happen. you know In the end, no one really learned anything apart from there's kind of a, a fun gal in the apartment building where they go to sell some uh, encyclopedias. And um, the Fonz gets a raise in the end. It really is, this is almost as sitcom-y as they come. And um, it almost could have been uh, an episode for any of a series of sitcoms over the past, like, two decades of sitcoms, the mid-early 50s, something like that, just rewritten for this show. Not that that's bad again. The Fonz is great in it. He goes from, like, angry, confused, depressed... Um, excited um, a- angry again and then eventually hey you know he wins and um, but it's it's weird because if you look at the main sort of the main scenes in it what are the main scenes you get the opening scene uh, Herb selling the place we meet Van Alden and then the Fonz quits uh, I was like it's like um, and it, it, it's a weird scene too where it goes from, from the beginning like Herbert's take they're taking out Herb's sign Herb's auto parts or repairs or whatever, and they're putting a Broncos sign. And when they go in, Fonz, what's happening? Oh, uh, Herb's, Herb is getting old, and uh, he's thinking of selling. Well, by the end of the scene, he has sold. And, you know, so it's sort of this... goes very quickly, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and Van Elden comes in as, as just a foolish. Possibly as foolish as the Fonz could be at some times, but the Fonz is the Fonz. And this Van Elden is a guy, I, I, as far as I know, we're never going to see him again. He's kind of introduced, he's kind of... Um, semi-flamboyant and kind of um, with his beret and his cane and I just like to give out money here you go young man and gives you know Richie a dollar and there's more where that came from and it's, it's fun to watch but it goes from that to okay I'm quitting and then the very next scene is Um, The Fonz with Dick Van Patten Who is playing some Relation or good friend of Howard Or something who's like a loan manager At the local bank and then they have a quick scene Where you learn that the Fonz has no business You know Acumen has no um, Collateral The only thing he ever got in business with is he and Richie uh, he sold kisses for Richie If you remember in the um, Three in a Porch uh, When they're raising money for the porch He sells kisses um, to the gals And he doesn't get the, the loan he wants and then you see him in the next episode, and he's not even doing his hair anymore, and he's falling into a funk. And then he you know, says he's going to help Mr. C. And suddenly he goes from being in a funk to, I'm going to help Mr. C with the hardware store, to I'm going to go out there and get a job. And then it cuts immediately to the next scene, which is a five-minute-long scene in, like, a hallway where he knocks on four doors with Richie to try to sell stuff, and he ends up just spending the afternoon with a lovely lady. And then you immediately go back to the garage where you see that he's got an ice cream truck, and he says, I've had six jobs now, and they all stink. And so how long was the gap between the previous scene and this scene? Who knows? But he's if, if the salesman was his first job and the ice cream was his sixth job, that's... um probably some time I would imagine has passed Uh, because you don't just go into like sales there are training periods and things like that and aren't there? I mean I think there are I, I was a salesman once, I didn't like it, um, but it was, you know, there was, there was I think we had like two weeks of training or something like that. But yeah, and then it, it cuts immediately from the sales to this scene where Mr. Van Alden is like, oh, Fonz, uh, I need to hire you back on and Richie and the Fonz, you know, finagle and get the Fonz a raise and then the episode's over, except for a funny tag scene back in the apartment hallway thing, which I'll talk about later. But it really is weird because there's no like, There's no finesse to it. There's no subtlety. It just goes from, you know, uh, new owner, Fonz quits. Uh, Tries to get the loan, Fonz can't get it. Fonz is depressed because he can't find another garage job. Fonz is now a salesman. Fonz gets his job back. And it's just like, (laughs) it's like there's one of my favorite plotting things is like there's no sort of connective tissue it's all sitcom like maybe maybe like I said like maybe uh, Dave there wrote a bigger script and they just kind of kept whittling it down and whittling it down to get it into the time slot and they cut out all the in-between stuff you know, he storms out of that house after being depressed. Like, I'm going out there, you know, and I'm going to get a job. And then it immediately cuts to him selling encyclopedias. How much longer is that? How much? Did, did, how long did that take? Where did he get this? You know, Richie mentions a friend of his made, or a cousin or something made a lot of money doing this. And, uh, okay, um, yeah, all right. Not Again, not that it's a bad episode. I think it's a very funny episode, and it kicks along. But it really is just a series of set pieces um, sort of set piece sitcom scenes, you know, meeting the stuffy bank manager, uh, trying to sell encyclopedias, um, meeting the new snooty guy who runs the garage. You know, and and um, and there's there's nothing else there. There's just that, which in, in some respects is fine. I mean, it makes the the title of the episode a little weird, Fonzie the Salesman, because the Fonzie is a salesman for about five minutes near the end of the episode, and then there's the closing tag, which is a minute, which is sort of salesman related, but it could have been just called Fonzie, not the, you know, garage worker or something like that, you know. But I, I don't know why they chose the salesman because it's just one scene and, you know, the moment it's done, like I said, it's it's implied that he's done six other things, five other things, you know, right before he gets the job back. And it is sort of weird the way it, it's just, it's just sort of weird the way it happens too. like, um, because you see him trying to do the sales. He doesn't work. He winds up spending the afternoon with a lovely lady. And then it cuts to the interior of the garage, and the Fonz rushes in, like, in his ice cream man suit, and he's covered with, like, ice cream. And he's in there, and... um, And it's it's implied that he... He's, like... is Well, like, the truck is right outside. And, like, he brought it there specifically because he can't handle it anymore. He's knocking on Van Alden's door. But, it, but it's so weird, because... It's just weirdly structured. it's just I mean and, and, and at the end of the day it's just a sitcom. You would have sat down for half an hour, you know in January of 76 for half an hour and you would have watched it, enjoyed it and and gone on about your business and laughed and had a good time seeing the fans, and you know this that and the other. And it's it's a fun episode. It's, it's just it really is like like sitcom stripped down to its bare bones where it's just a series of like I said set pieces and jokes and there's nothing else to it um even when mr c is trying to tell the Fonz a story it's just a series of jokes there which I, again not bad just that's what it is so um is it worth watching oh yeah it's good time the Fonz is great in it and um the lady who he spends the evening in the apartment with is she's uh she's lovely and um uh yeah, that's uh it's a good episode I mean there isn't really much to say about the episode I mean I will I will tell I'll tell you about the closing sequence but there really really isn't much to say because some episodes I could talk forever I mean I could bring up the fact that um, there is one really weird Jerry Parisy moment where you're never quite sure where the wall in the like the living room kitchen is you imagine it's sort of right where the right where kind of the line where the camera goes back and forth is but this has a moment where they're all sitting at the table eating and you know the Fonzie is face the Fonzie Fonzie is facing us and Joni is facing the Fon so kind of like when you're looking over when you're looking at the table kind of Joni's back is sort of to us but the moment the Fon says that he's going to help with the hardware store ever you get a reaction shot of everyone including a Joni reaction shot, and you could see a wall with a painting hanging on it directly behind her. So the wall is, I mean, she's not right up against the wall. The wall is maybe two or three feet behind her, which which maybe a little bit more, which makes sense. Um, But you rarely see that, and certainly the way Jerry Paris and the other directors here, mainly just Jerry Paris, now move the camera, you wouldn't quite feel that either but there there you have it um and there's that and there's the closing the tag sequence is just a lovely uh sequence uh where there's no dialogue oh splish splash plays um there's um lovely dialogue and um uh and it's just it's set in that apartment hallway there and um you know uh and it's I, i'm not gonna tell. i mean it's richie comes in with the encyclopedias knocks on the hot gal's door she lets him in then potsy shows up the, potsy and ralph's only appearance well not potsy's only appearance in the episode ralph appears earlier on sorry uh potsy appears and he gets let into her apartment then ralph gets let into her apartment and the audience is like oh my god what kind of thing is this and then the fawn shows up goes into her apartment door closes a second later he throws the three guys out and the door closes it's a, nice, it's a nice closing scene. It's, it's sort of the perfect example of just sort of a charming closing scene. Good gag, but also the kind of scene that when the show hits syndication, which will be when it gets to episode 100, um, the kind of episode they can jettison, the kind of minute they can jettison. So there's like a minute that they can immediately pop out of there for syndication that doesn't need to be there. The episode ends just fine where it was. So, yeah, that's... um. Jesus, that all I have to say about Fonzie the salesman. Give me a second. That kind of is. It's. It's really just. It's. It's a fun, funny half hour of television, and it sort of is very. If If you. If If an alien were to land, from your say Uranus, and. Wanted to find out what kind of television. People used to watch. This is a very specific sort of alien, and you—they wanted to see what a sitcom was. You could show them this episode. This is it perfectly because you get like, um, you get the setup, and you get some sort of little crisis and some development, and you get a comedy sequence in the hallway with him knocking on the doors and giving people free globes, and they all react to him differently. And then in the end, you know, Fonzie gets his job back, and uh, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed And the person who came in And was introduced And who sort of brought change to the show and I, I, I know what you think a Dick Van Patten Nah, he's just in the one scene This is 76 He's still what? He's still about a year away I think from 8 is Enough um, I, I believe 8 is Enough What, first season is 76, 77 I think um, but he's still about a year and away, from, a year, year and away, a year and away, Uranus, um, away from um, uh, eight is enough. But yeah, it's just the introduction of... Who is it? It's um, Richard Stahl. Stahl plays Van Alden and kind of shows up and does his thing. And we'll never see him again, as far as I know. And he's not going to be a reoccurring character. He shows up, causes problems that get resolved in less than half an hour, and then is gone. That's the way a sitcom works. I guess you could watch this episode to see Sitcom 101. Does that make it satisfying? Not really. Um... There are other sitcoms, say, like Green Acres, that will have standard sitcom episodes that I think are much funnier. This is charming and has some great stuff in it. It's clearly the crowd is loving it. They're having a good time. And This is a show on the rise, on the rise, on the rise. So that's fun to see, kind of effortlessly come in and do something like this and then go. I like that very much. Um, But it's not very... Good, good, good gracious! I've only talked for about for about it for like fifteen minutes now. Normally I've gone for like a half an hour almost on every episode. Well, not quite. But so I'm just gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up, Dan. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. So that's Fonzie the salesman again. Not not the best episode of the season, but I think I think a fun episode. And watch it. Look at the structure of it. Um, you know, get back to me. Tell me what you think. If I, if I'm being crazy on the way, it's sort of structured. Um, almost as if like they they you know had like a a, like a a, like a board with like like um index cards on it and they wrote down okay we need the scene with the new guy who owns the garage and let's see the loan officer and Fonz is depressed and the salesman and the final scene and then they sent a guy away and he just wrote right off of those cards he didn't think to insert anything else in there he just wrote right off of those cards Which is fine, and I think we should go on to Football Frolics. In Football Frolics, uh, it's the return of Spike, and Arnold is in it. Uh, we'll, We'll talk about it in a minute here. There's a big game. Is it the Lions and the Bears? The big game. The big, big game. Again, what time of the year are we in? because it's you know there was this this was if this was the late 50s there there was obviously there was no super bowl that didn't start till 66 67 um and the big big game i don't know what the big big game would 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 constitute um because normally i mean a football season is september to december there's no sign of anything Christmassy going on here so unless there was a i'll check i'll check football schedules at the time but um if football schedules then went went the way they do now i don't know when the big game would have occurred there's there like i said there's no mention of christmas at all so it's it's if it's a big game it's in as much a halloween i mean maybe it's it's in September or November. Maybe it's the next year. I don't know. But it's a big, big game. And the guys want to go to the game. Uh, Richie. Uh, everyone seems really interested in football, even the Fonz. Richie and Ralph and Patsy want to go to the big game. And Arnold gets them some tickets from a scalper. And it's going to cost them, like, 20 bucks a piece to get the tickets. Um, and uh, the the Fonz hooks them up with Arnold, who's going to get them this deal, as long as they take Spike along. And so Spike appears. Um is this Spike's second and final appearance I'll have to check on that but spike appears so what the guys decide to do to make some money is um, it is Mardi Gras it's Mardi Gras did they play football okay well I'm gonna check some football schedules what I'm gonna do before I come back and talk to you guys but it's Mardi Gras and there's some sort of oh, maybe it's just okay so, so the guy's are gonna babysit do an overnight babysitting thing. And they got tons of kids in there, and everything's going crazy. And they're trying to raise money for it. And then two very special guest stars, who may be getting their own TV show in a week or so, appear. Um, but let me hear. Listen to this. <laughs> This is actually one where I could go a little uh, nutty on it, but I'm gonna try to keep it relatively under control here. I think this is a, a great episode. Uh, this is a little, a little less um, by the numbers, like like Fonzie the salesman. I mean, it's it's still pure sitcom kind of thing. It's exactly the kind of thing like the Nelson boys would have got involved in. You know, Ozzy and Harriet. It's it's basically like I said. It's you know they they want to go to a game. It's the the Chicago Bears are playing the Lions. Uh, it's it's purported to be I guess the last day of the season. Um, uh, and ha- having looked, the 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 Bears were not in the playoffs in the in the second half of the um the fifties. So so unless this was actually I didn't look to see when they hit the playoffs next. So this would have been we'll we'll t- we'll talk about that in a bit. But um. Because this game is between the Cardinals and the Chicago Cardinals and the Chicago Bears. And the Bears win. And the next game, which they say is the final game, if the, if the Bears win, they beat the Lions, they go on to the championship to play the Giants. And, um, spoiler, they, they did not beat the Lions. Another spoiler, maybe they did beat the Lions. It all depends on what we're looking at here. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on this episode i mean it's it's pretty much the first half is we want to go to the game we don't have the money second half is the wacky babysitting with like a dozen kids in the in the room and um uh being crazy and a kid named myron with a squirt gun and spike shows up and there's a kid named booker brown who shows up who i'll i'll talk about uh briefly but yeah this is spike's second appearance i think he appears three times I'm not sure he might appear more times of this, but this is the second time. This is the second appearance of Laverne and Shirley. They have a brief scene, and they're very, um, very blousy and loud, like they were the first time we saw them. This is a week away from the premiere of Laverne and Shirley, which we will talk about in the next episode of Rockin' All Week With You, not here. And... Uh, so yes yeah, so we see how, uh, them briefly, they come in, they drop off Booker, they leave, and then they're like, "At the, do you have a back door? And apparently that door in the kitchen is the back door, even though it's on sort of, e- even though it's what, like like 20 feet to the left of the front door? And seems to be on the same side of the house, I don't understand the way this house works, you guys know that by now. Um, but I do like it specifically, that is the back door, and you would think it was the back door, except it's on the same sort of plane, as it were, as the front door. As I know, I've mentioned before, we have a back door in our house. And if you're looking at the front door, the back door is not immediately to the left or right of it.
0: You have to go to the back!
1: So this is, obviously doesn't make any sense, but I, I suppose anyone really gave um, care at this point. But it's it's a nicely um, sort of put together. Oh, oh did I say uh, written by James Ritz? I think I did, right? Written by James Ritz, directed by Jerry Paris. This is uh, uh, January 20th, 1976. And um, it's funny that it's called Football Frolics, but it's, I, I guess the frolicking is the babysitting stuff, because it's not really, you would think it would be named after babysitting. Someone's doing some weird naming of episodes here, because Fonzie the Salesman, like, what, what like um, 20% of that, five minutes of that was salesman related. And this, the the football stuff is a very small, I mean, it's it's what drives everything, but it's a very small sort of portion of it, especially in the second half, where it's more about the babysitting. And the Fonz is a very funny run where the Fonz is trying to romance a gal whose name he can't remember. Why can't I remember her name? Uh, Which is very funny. And Booker is great. And and seeing Spike is fun, although Spike is a little goofy. And then, like I said, there's Myron the Goofy. um, Echoes Myron with a squirt gun who's, oh, Myron. And the Fonz does a funny voice, which, you know, we heard before, I think, when, you know, I think Joni was dreaming and dreamed that she was marrying Potsy. I think the Fonz sort of does that voice. I mean te- technically this this the, the, the plot line in this one is the same as three on a porch. They want to do something, they don't have the money, Mr. C won't give them the money, so they do a little something to raise the money. It's just in three on a porch, it it was broken into sort of well, I'd have to watch it again actually. It was broken into more or less like threes, all the setup trying to raise the money and then the closing act on the porch. This they never make it to the football game. It ends with them basically saying, "Hey, you know, in the morning, you know, when all the the kids like I said, the kids are staying overnight because of the Milwaukee Mardi Gras, which must be in December. It certainly isn't in like March, you know. and def- definitely not." And um because it they they was I looked it up. I've looked up the football stuff. We'll talk about the football stuff in a, in, in a second. But there's a it's a it's a, it's a fun episode. And there's a lot of um, a lot of good gags and it. it's fun. Joni has a couple of fun scenes, especially one where she, uh, Mr. C is in a Julius Caesar co- uh, co- uh, concert, Julius Caesar costume, and she gets off some good uh, zings at him. And, and Mrs. Caesar go to your room. There's a funny where. Um, uh you're you know mr I'm like you you've got a smart mouth more and more like your grandma every day yeah and you're starting to dress like her oh go to your i know go to my room that's the price i pay for a spontaneous wit Joni is awesome and you can sort of see like in the scene where she shows up and she's sort of like chastised the guys for like babysitting isn't all this you know, and then she kinda of walks away, saying, Okay, do whatever you gotta do and she walks away. So anyway, so yeah, the guys are doing their babysitting, obviously they're getting their butts handed to him, Hokey Pokey goes wrong and and um Ralph seems to have this kid riding on his back like he's a, like he's a horse the whole time and, and um Richie gets sprayed with squirt guns and hit with sleeping bags and it's just craziness and Booker Booker shows him, Booker's a cool kid. He's got his arm in a sling, which makes for some really weird moments where like Laverne and Shirley are kinda of like pushing him around, grabbing him, picking him up and stuff like that in order to um keep him there but but he clearly has he's got his arm in a sling and something happened to his arm so it's almost like don't hurt his arm don't hurt his arm and they make a joke like um you know uh how'd you hurt your arm oh, i broke up a fight oh between some some kids at school no shirley and laverne and that's funny but the whole time you think like, don't hurt his arm leave his arm alone but Booker School and Spike and there is a point Booker's like my brains you're brawn to Spike we could go places step into my office I have no idea where they go I thought they went in the kitchen but then a moment later we go towards the kitchen and they're not there so I don't know if they've gone maybe they've gone up and they're hanging out with the gal upstairs whose name turns out to be Jennifer um, but it's a fun episode and Arnold gets a fun scene in the, in the the rest in the men's room where he has these $10 tickets that he bought from a scalper for $20, and the guys don't have the money, but Spike's got all this money. He's got like a roll of bills, and he reels off uh, two $10 bills and gives them to Arnold, and they're ready to go, and Spike's getting the numbers off of the wall, and it's It's fun. I- it's a fun episode. And then that opening scene, they're watching the football game. Like I said, it's the um, Chicago Cardinals versus the Chicago Bears. And several names come up. Several people are mentioned. I will talk about them in a moment. There's, there's a great moment where Joni is leaving and she says something like, and they uh, and was uh, it, I forget, Richie says something like, you remember what Douglas MacArthur said? And he says something to Joni. And Joe says, would you remember what. Um, oh, and you remember what Truman said to MacArthur? But do you remember what um, oh, MacArthur said to Truman? Do you remember? And Joni says, Do you remember what Truman said to MacArthur? Sit on it, Douglas. And she she walks out, and everyone's laughing. And Potsy says, Is that where we get that from? You know, so we're getting a little meta on our catchphrase, which is already a slightly meta thing to begin with. And trust me, I'm super excited. When this season ends to talk about the crack magazines that I have, because this was the summer in between season three and four where the fons and Happy Days were all over Cracked. And they actually take something from that Spike does and have has the fons do it. I I won't go too in detail. What is basically... When Spike is kind of like showing off what he's going to do to the kids. The, the thing in the end is the kids are being jerks. And the Fonz says the problem is that I can't stop them. Because the you know one of his um, bits of mystique with the Fonz is that he's going to hit you. If it doesn't go his way, he's going to hit you. But he can't hit kids. So he needs to get someone who does. And Spike shows up. And Spike like hits... You know basically roughs up potsy and ralph a little bit to to show what he can do and the way he gets ralph is he holds up his fists and says you see this ralph looks at the fist and he pow stamps on ralph's foot watch this space because when we do our mini-sode which may be a little longer um about uh crack magazines love of the Fonz, uh c- circa 76 77 we will be mentioning that again because the Fonz doesn't do that but he might do that in crack so and they, they, uh what what else happens yeah it's, it's a fun episode and the Fonz is great and richie is sort of beleaguered and it's nice to see laverne and shirley and booker's cool and they um I like how Laverne and Shre, the way they keep Booker there is they steal his shoes, but then he's got some loaded dice where he tries to get the sh- uh, wins the other kid's shoes, and um, and they move the tables so Patsy can do jump rope. I like how Patsy's really interested in the jump rope. That seems to be doing the jump rope and doing the the hokey pokey is seems to be his big thing, which I I really like. And it's it's a fun episode. And, um, it's to be honest, I, it's it's one of those tricky episodes where part of me thinks that the amount of time with the kids and everything is just fine and i gotta ask what does myron have in his squirt gun because i think it's water but then it looks like it's like skim milk or something like that which is a little gross um but um uh yeah no it's some sort of it looks like milk or something like that i don't know um witch hazel i don't know what, what he's got in there but um uh um, I wish they had the girls do more crazy stuff. It's mainly the boys who do the annoying stuff, but the girls really get in there and go crazy. What <laughs> if One of them just hauled off and threw a sleeping bag right at Ralph's mouth, which is great, and the Fon's trying to make out with the gal whose name he can't remember as the kids are going crazy downstairs. Is It's a fun episode. I, I think it's... I like Fonzie the Salesman, but I think this one... um <sighs> I guess if you're going to repeat an episode, why not repeat uh, Three on a Porch, but give more time to the uh, trying to raise money thing, because you know they'll get to the game. And I hope they had a good time at the game. But let us I'm going to stop right now, uh, because, again, I think these are two um, very entertaining episodes of the show. Uh, but, I mean, the thing with Fonzie the Salesman is it is very much a, um, you know, like Fonzie the Flatfoot, and I think we're going to get Fonzie the Superstar will be coming up. You know, and that that'll be one of the things with this, um, with the you know putting the fons in different spots. So I don't have a problem with Fonzie the salesman. In theory, I, I just don't know that it's the best structure of episodes. Whereas whereas this one, I I get a lot of joy out of. So let me just talk real quick. I'm going to talk about football. Then I'm going to talk about um, Booker Brown. And then we will wrap up this episode of the show. But it again, it's a funny episode. And so so they're doing the Mardi Gras, which is, you know, at the start of Lent, late February, March. But obviously this isn't that time period. It can't be that time period because they're specifically referencing... Yeah, you know, they, they mentioned several names. They mentioned a Harlan Hill. They mentioned... I think they mentioned Ed Brown or Bill McCall. They mentioned a George Blanda. There's a joke. About George Blanda, uh, because there's a thing. Um, um, uh, he's he's oh, the, 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 he's he's what is it? He's the the they should bring in their other quarterback. Their other quarterback. Well, he's thirty years old. He's and and well, George Blanda has a few more good years left in him. George Blanda um, was thirty years old in 1957, and he played football from 1949. To 1975, so you you it's it's not a huge laugh when Richie says the name because I um um but he had just retired a couple of years a year uh so uh, like a year before this and he had played like I said from 49 to 75 so George Blanda and then um uh, a couple other characters and name and they are all from the Chicago Bears and I'm I'm just trying to look up see what it is here and I mean to me. Um, the 1958 season ended with a Chicago Cardinals game and then a Detroit Lions game. And they did win the Chicago game. Um, they won the Detroit game. That's December 7th, December 14th. But I think, to be honest, I think that we're in 1957 again, as far as I can tell. Because, I mean, we're not going to be in... 59 didn't have a cardinals than lions game and the uh, 60 didn't have a cardinals and lions game either. So unless we're in the early 60s, then we are either in 1957 or 1958. And the thing about it is that Howard says that they won by 7 points. And um, the 1957 game, which is December 8th Chicago Cardinals, was uh, Chicago Bears won 14 to 6. Which is eight points, which is not seven points, but nineteen fifty eight game, which is December seventh, they won thirty to fourteen, which is sixteen points. So whether I like it or not, and I I mean, I guess again, Joni's growing up and that's the thing that makes it tricky. Because I have said that the nineteen fifty seven Christmas if this is if this is set in and around um, in between December 8th if this begins on December 8th, 1957 and ends a few days before um, December 15th then this is the same year I believe that the Fonz came to Christmas and Chuck was there, which doesn't make any sense because one, Joni is clearly like a year to year and a half younger and Chuck is there and Chuck is no longer there and the house looks different and so this must be a different time. My thought is possibly it's 1958 and maybe they got the dates wrong because the teams were more or less the same in 57-58 and, and there is a Cardinals game followed by a Lions game. It's just... It, 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 it yeah it the score doesn't work is the main thing it, it, it doesn't work the the mr c got the score wrong and he is there it is fun because as they're watching the game in the beginning and the Fonz is they're kind of amused by the game the guys are really excited mr c is excited and mrs c keeps coming in saying i'm sitting in the car waiting to go to this mardi gras meeting and this is annoying me and it turns out she's pretty good passing the football and stuff like that which is fun um, and I like her, uh, uh, you know, more or less like, uh, Howard, I couldn't care about this. I couldn't care about this less. or I couldn't care about th- I don't care about this at all, which is pretty amusing. And there's um, it's a tricky, um, it's, it's tricky because part of me just looking at it goes, okay, this is set in between December 8th and December twelve, thirteen, something like that, 1957. But that doesn't make any sense with the Christmas episode that we've seen. And it doesn't make any sense with Joni's age. This would be closer to 58, maybe even 59. And there's a part where... When can we pick Booker up? And Laverne says, September? October? How about September? Um, and, and the Mardi Gras can't be in February, March, because they weren't playing football then. So... And I know what you're saying, Dan, forget about it, right? Forget about it. But the point is that I'm trying to, and this season has been so screwed up with like jumping ahead to, to February and then moving a little later and now suddenly we're back in December or are we at the next December? But I don't know. I don't know where we are. I mean, in, in my mind, we are in December 57 in my heart. We're in December 58, if we're going historically by the football games. Maybe we're in December 59, but I'm still going to put us in December 57 or 58. <sighs> Joni's age makes it 58. I mean, because here's the thing, like, Joni in the Christmas episode is around the same age as, like, Spike and the other kids here. But Joni clearly is much older when you see her. So if it doesn't... Uh, okay, I'm going to stop talking right there. What do you guys think it is? Is it 57? Is it 58? Is it 59? Is it 60? Who knows? In the end, maybe who cares? But I was going to say that um, uh, Booker is played by Christoph St. John. And um, if you know uh, Christoph St. John, you will know him, as I did, from young and the restless he played uh neil winters on young and the restless from 1991 to 2019 i was um i became a big fan of the young well my mom watched it when i was young but i became a big fan of young and the restless around 2012 or so working from home and from 2012 to probably last year um sometime i watched the show um regularly um and just loved it i just got a real kick out of it. somewhere last year i lost the thread on it but he he played christopher St. john played this character neil winters he was great and he died in february of, of 2019 at the age of 52 which is a uh, is a flipping heartbreak i mean he's what nine or ten as as booker right here like nine as booker right here and he's great and he's lots of fun to watch and um I just I just remember when he was on the show because it was like it was one of those things where like, you know, they shoot a few episodes in advance and I remember they, they had a really lovely episode that was kind of a tribute to him when his character he died and his character, they had his character died and, and um it was really lovely, but it's funny to see like this isn't quite the beginning of his career. He was in a That's My Mama before this, but this is pretty near the beginning of it. He'd be in the show generations. Um, and, and other things too, but this is kind of the beginning. and the moment I saw him, I was like, "Who is that? Who is that? Who is that?" And I was like, "Oh, Young the Restless, yeah." So it's great to see him in this. Um, he and Spike may, might make a fun duo, I think. Spike's uh, the you know Spike Spike is is not a favorite character of mine. He's not going to appear much. Um, he he's a holdover. The, that's the thing with Spike is a holdover from the previous season, and. Um, and it kind of seems like it. Like the Fonz doesn't really need that. And I'll um, I'll wrap this episode up with the very interesting the closing the tag scene of this one is after all the kids have gone up to bed and Ralph and Potsy are putting them to sleep. Not not like you know putting them to go to go to bed go to bed. And uh, presumably Spike and, and Booker are chatting somewhere. Uh, the Fonz and Richie are having a talk. And the, the, the Fonz, has, there's a great moment I think this is where this begins Because this will be a thread throughout the show That will culminate in the series finale Not the last episodes that aired, you guys know that But the series finale passages um, The thing is, do you think the Fonz would make a good father? And they start talking about having a having a boy, having a girl. And that's when he remembers, I named the girl Jennifer. And he's like, that's the name of the girl upstairs. But there's just a lovely, sweet moment with like, do you think the Fonz would be a good father? And that is actually going to become a bit of a thread throughout the show here and there. So, you know, if you when we get to passages, which is going to be a long time from now, it's near the end of season 11. You know, you get it's one of those things where people watch it and they're like, okay, Joni and Chachi getting married, spoiler. That's something that we've seen coming for a while. But the Fonz, what the Fonz does in that episode, huh. And I remember some folks being very much like, huh, where'd that come from? Well, it's born here very early on. It's a lovely little scene to wrap up the episode and ends with a nice gag of him remembering the gal's name. So I think this is a lovely episode. I, th- I think both of these are quite good. I think, I think this one is better i think fonzie the salesman maybe it could have been longer or structured differently i mean maybe fonzie the salesman we could have jettisoned the bank loan scene and maybe had a sequence for him with him like trying to find a job and failing then the depression then the, something like that but um the, the bank loan scene just ends up feeling foolish you know like did we really think the Fonz was going to have the money to buy the garage I didn't think so So having that scene Just is kind of Maybe it's like a, From a first draft And it should have been Jettisoned or something Regardless um, Two um, One very good episode And one quite nice Episode of the show Right here So let us Alright this episode next episode Is going to be slightly tricky I'm not 100% sure How we're going to do it yet But it covers Fonzie the Superstar January 27th 1976 And Two Angry Men February 3rd 1976 in between those two episodes, Laverne and Shirley premieres. So I am not sure. This isn't a Laverne and Shirley podcast. There, There is, I will I will get back to you th- uh, next episode. There is a good Laverne and Shirley podcast that has started up. Um, but I will bring that to you next episode when we talk Laverne and Shirley. But I may sort of gl- do, a, do a quick run over the top of Laverne and Shirley. Um, or maybe even do a mini, nah, I don't know. But yeah, next episode is Fonzie the Superstar and Two Angry Men. Thank you so much for joining me, everyone. Forgive my tangents. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you're all doing well. And I will talk to you soon.